1: Her things, okay. Matt. <laughs> Please.
2: Do you think she was going to take the time to watch a ninety-minute documentary? We'll a give day her the option, so then she doesn't
1: yell. Thanks. And I wasn't <laughs> even yelling. Woo. So we, we have, got bacon. We've got Robert Bacon of the Ninety-One Donkey Lane podcast and the Tiger King episode fame. Yeah. Oh,
3: thank you so much for having me on. This is our very first shot at it. <laughs>
1: first try. <laughs> I do want to say that you recommended this board to Matt and we recorded an entire Laguna Beach episode and it didn't record <laughs> and then we had to redo it.
2: To be fair, though, then Bacon spent way too much time FaceTiming with me to figure out all the intricacies of the board along with me. Yeah. So.
0: so at the end of the day, he's a trooper. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Bacon. Previously on my favorite episode of.
1: Previously on my favorite <laughs> episode of, yeah, okay. Tell us about for those who didn't listen to the Tiger King episode. Tell us about ninety-one Donkey Lane because I love it.
3: Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a improvised fantasy comedy podcast where me and my roommate getting all kinds of uh, high drinks every week and stupid things happen. If you want to know if you want to listen to, if you want to know if you're interested in listening to it, uh, you can just Google Meatloaf Dog on YouTube and uh, watch that thing.
1: I was going to suggest that. Yeah. Just Google meatloaf dog. It's the, an animated that bacon animated. It's an animated that he animated <laughs> and it's really funny. So that will sell you on it alone. So as not a Seinfeld fan, I mean, I am a fan, but I, I haven't seen everything. This is one of the few episodes that I know by name. I mean, not actual name cause it's called the strike, not the Festivus episode. So Bacon chose season nine, episode 10, The Strike, which is indeed the Festivus episode. And I was shocked to learn that it's not even really the A plot. I like that it's what brings out all the three plots or four plots, I guess, at this point together at the
0: end. Mm -hmm. But I was shocked. I'd never seen it before. I was shocked that it wasn't actually the A plot. Agreed. When Matt told us the episode, I was like, oh, he gave us the wrong fucking episode again. It's this is called Strike. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then I went back in my text and I was like, nope, I'm a dick. He said the strike. (laughs) You are a dick. I know. It's because he's my brother.
3: We're in season uh, nine at this point. I think that's the last season of Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. So there's in that last season, they're really all about dovetailing, about having all these plots coming together, which the show was always kind of about. But That last season, it feels like they were really about that. And I think I read that the writers regret calling it the strike. They wanted to, they're like, well, we should have called it. Festivus or the Festivus
1: mm-hmm. I don't know that they knew it was going to be such a knockout like I've heard it so many times Gr- airing of grievances all that junk I, I had just never seen it Festivus for the rest of us like that that's everywhere mm-hmm. I always just knew it was a Seinfeld reference but never saw the episode but I, I don't I'm not surprised that they didn't that they thought Kramer's part was the a plot and called it the strike I, I liked Kramer's and Elaine storyline the best how they intersect I thought that was the best part Kramer
3: at Pete Kramer in this one, he's doing all his thing. He's like, "No bagel, no bagel, don't no bagel, no bagel!" <laughs> like yelling it. All these other plots are really great, especially for like the the last season. And it's and this isn't technically probably my favorite favorite Seinfeld episode, but I would say that this episode has personally affected me because I do celebrate. Festivus in my own capacity and when I get older and start a family we are 100% doing Festivus (laughs) with feats of strength and all that stuff
1: feats of strength makes me laugh because as like I don't know these characters that well but George obviously has some issues and some past trauma so it's nice to see that his dad literally made up a holiday that he could physically harm his son (laughs) Like
0: like, (laughs) so just like Kathleen said I knew this episode because of how much it's talked about, but had no idea what it was. Like, if you ask me what Festivus was before seeing this, I've like a Seinfeld, it's Seinfeld, um, episode about like a huge Christmas party. Like, I like I had no idea what it was. I'm not a Seinfeld girl. I just can't get into it, no matter what. I I just can't. And I don't know why. Well, if
3: you're trying to get into it now, it's probably really difficult. You know, yeah. because. TV's so different now and it's so, it's not super sitcom but it still has that aspect of things. It Everything kind of feels like a stage play mm-hmm. in Seinfeld.
0: Yeah, like, I feel like I remember it being on when I was younger and just being like, nope, like not even giving it a shot and then as I got older, like it was like middle school was like Disney Channel. High school was like MTV. So it was like the I just never got into it. Even surprisingly, having like older siblings like Matt Love Seinfeld. Brian Love Seinfeld. I, I just just missed for me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know.
1: Watching as a 27 year old, I have to put some of the thoughts i'm having aside and just know that it's funny I, my notes are literally like okay i like these four people so meet, meeting jerry kramer george and elaine but i'm like they're not great the only one i actually truly love is elaine and kramer seems like he has great intentions but it's specifically jerry in this episode i'm like this girl is hot <laughs> Even in the bad lighting, first of all. And I was like, every episode I've seen of him when I'm older and actually paying attention, he's just like misogynistic. Yeah, so. And he's just a kind of a doucher. And yeah. I'm like, but I love Jerry Seinfeld. So I'm like, I watch comedians in cars getting coffee. Like I like him, but I'm like watching this and him and George are just kind of, Not great dudes, but I'm glad that Jerry, they ride for each other, which I like. That's enough for me to say, okay, cool. The friendship is there. But other than that, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know.
3: Yeah. The two face plot doesn't really hold up as well as the other ones. Like a lot of making fun of the way people look or how people their face or their body type was always kind of a big trope in the 90s. And we've Mm kind of I'm glad that we've moved away from that. Yeah. I forgot what movie we're watching recently, but the whole joke was literally just hey, isn't this girl ugly? And that was it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, brutal. I forgot what it's it
3: was, but it feels like that was in a lot of movies.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the plot lines are still do hold up, but the Jerry one every time it was on, I was shaking my head. Although the culmination of her thinking that Elaine's the ugly girlfriend when it's actually her is really funny. I love that bit, but other than that, I was like, that, that one fell a little flat for me, but... I, this is a really good episode. I watched it twice today because wow. I, when I never, there's a sitcom and it's only twenty minutes. I'm like, okay, I'll sit and watch it first so I could soak it in, and then I'll take my notes on the on the second watch. When it's like a forty five minute show, I'm like, nah.
0: Yeah, you're like, that was good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <It's laughs> I, like, if I missed notes. something. Too bad. We can just get into the um the different plots that are going on, so you can say what you want to say because it wasn't what I was gonna say was not important.
3: Let's just go through all the plots. Should we just go through the best plot, the George plot? Yeah. Who has Festivus? And the Human Fund, which leads to Festivus. These are all like big things of Seinfeld fans. They would talk about the Human Fund, money for people, (laughs) that line. I think Jerry's asking him and he's like, the Human Fund? What's that? And George just goes, make it, made it up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah george is just like i actually think he's very funny but it's like because of how like fucked up he is like he, <laughs> like even when jerry would even reference festivus like he'd be like no no <laughs> like, yeah he's got like trauma
3: and yeah. he's just,
1: like ca- this really selfish like con man almost.
3: that's george to yeah con man cartoon character but he's at his my favorite george is an upset george because especially when he leaves the coffee shop, when they start talking about Festivus, he does this thing when he stands up where he just kind of shuffles his feet along as he <laughs> exit out, exits out the door. <laughs> and it's so funny. He's this funny little round, short man. Him
1: and Kramer do have a lot of physical comedy that they do. Yes. It, Kramer's hair alone is a, is like a gag, <laughs> the floppiness of it. But George, to me, so we've done another Seinfeld episode on this podcast and I'm going to, I might butcher it. It was a little while ago, but the premise was that he's, like pretending to be disabled so he can have his own bathroom at work. And yes. like, and that's early season nine as well. I didn't realize this was the last season, by the way. That's, that's vital information, I think. But two episodes I saw, he's literally like conning people. He's w- willing to take this 20 Gs and be like, I could be a philanthropist. <laughs> and he's still being bad like he's still bad like
0: i was gonna ask if that was the episode that we watched because i was like for some reason i'm remembering like george like being locked in his office crawling through holes but i don't watch this show is it the same job
2: (laughs) yeah that was the same episode was that they ostracized him because of the bathroom thing and were trying to keep him from being able to to clock in on time so they would fire him, and he was doing like, like crawling un- through, like, yeah, like inhumane things yeah, just yeah. in order to c- clock in and keep his job. Basically, he yeah. has like most of the series, George is
3: unemployed, or then he's employed by the Yankees. And this is when uh, he's working
2: for the toy company. Is that what this is? I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna get yelled at as a Seinfeld fan not knowing <laughs> that So,
1: that's this is a toy company as well.
2: Yeah, he's at the same job as the previous episode.
1: Interesting. I didn't think he was still working there after that episode. <laughs> That's what happens when you watch season nine, episode two, and then season nine, episode 10. <laughs> and you skip all the ones in between. But interesting, I'm s- totally skipping around. Should we just go? Should I get to what I'm about to say? Sure. Just go for it? Okay, so when they're at h Bagels. So Kramer has been on strike for uh, twelve years. Twelve years mm-hmm. to get to minimum wage, and they, he got the call that, or to get to five dollars ninety five cents was just what they want the wanted the wages to be. And now it is it hit that, and Elaine goes, "I think that's what minimum wage is for." And he goes, "Now you know who to thank." <laughs> which is incredible, but I actually didn't know what a scab was because when he's there, he calls Elena scab. Did you scab. Know, do you know what that is? Because he was like, scab, 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 and screams it in her face. I was listening to a podcast recently, and I'm trying to think of who said it off the top of my head. Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton. He was a cashier or something in New York, and they were like, oh, that's so nice, blah, blah. And he was like, I was a scab, which means... When people are on strike, they pay them to work. So you're basically like, how would you explain that? You're kind of a douchebag if you're going around the people that are striking for a reason or for a a moral something and (laughs) they hire other people. You're called a scab, right? Am I explaining that correctly? Wait, so you go on strike.
3: No, if a bunch of the if the teachers union goes on strike instead of. Uh, working with the teachers' union to solve that issue. They hire. The school will go beneath them, around them, mm-hmm. and start hiring other teachers that aren't a part of the union. This can't happen in, in this situation, but whatever. And then those people come in. Those people are called scabs. You Got know, it. Like you're okay. covering up, okay. you're not a permanent fixture, you could easily be removed, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they use it like pro football that happened Ew. in like the late 80s I don't like the uh, it happens on happen. a lot of places that's why they pick it outside and they try to stop other people from coming in
1: yeah and i it was just funny because i had no idea what a scab man i thought i'd t- tell our listeners because i don't think that they knew <laughs> that anyway but i just learned it like two weeks ago when i listened to that podcast and i haven't heard it since because it's only been two weeks but i don't think i've had heard it prior either so lessons <laughs> learned on my favorite episode lessons learned that was our Lesson yeah, of,
3: yeah, yeah, you've you learned week. a little bit of unions and uh, how that stuff works, yeah. so <laughs> you're off the communist list.
1: Sticking with the Kramer thing, when he brings the bagels to George and Jerry, I was like, I don't care if they're day-old bagels. Yeah, is that a problem?
3: Jerry's a germaphobe and doesn't like that kind of stuff. George usually would not care, so I can't remember if he still continues to eat them No, he episode. doesn't.
0: It actually goes on him and he's like he's spitting, spitting it out it. of his mouth. Yeah,
3: I uh, think New
1: York New Yorkers are actually pretty like specific about their bagels. Anyway, we are not. No,
0: we aren't. Um, we buy Thomas type Giant. Yeah, we don't <laughs> care. We
1: yeah,
3: don't. but George ate trash out of a trash can one time Ooh. at a party. He also
0: took a rubber band out of his soup in this episode. So I've almost done that before, though. Like I've thrown, I've, like thrown away like Oreos, being like, no, like you're not eating them anymore. And then like three hours later, like. I thought about creeping into the trash can and getting three thrown. hours is a little
1: long, only for like staleness sake, but I don't care. I've I've definitely like thrown in things down s- and sex Benny, in the
0: but. city when Miranda's like, Oh no. No. She's like addicted to chocolate cake and she throws the cake away and then like she creeps out to the trash can again and starts eating the chocolate cake.
2: He's at someone else's house and when he opens the trash can he sees a half eaten thing and is like, Well, that shouldn't go to waste and then sticks oh, his hand no. in their trash can and starts eating it.
0: See, so we don't like that.
2: Sitting
3: on a doily. So, like, that's just the talk. That's what this show's about. It's kind of like, hey, if you saw it and it was sitting on top of something, would you still do it? And George is that kind of guy who's like, yeah, I would do that. That's mm-hmm. why in this episode, George is like, I could take that $20,000 and be a philanthropist. Yeah. And he kind of goes with it because he's kind of a dirtbag. Yeah. And it, that's... This whole episode, that's all they're doing. Like this, I'm sure this has been overanalyzed. So we could just cover all the the topics. We have George dealing with the human fund which makes him go all in on Festivist to show his boss that it's real cuz he gets caught. <laughs> we get Elaine who's giving out fake phone numbers to guys which is that's a normal thing that happens in life. I know sure every oh, like yeah, girl, guys and girls, you're just like, oh, number. And you give them a fake number. Yep. Elaine specifically does it like that says no Elaine or something like that.
1: The extra <laughs> E's for it. Ugh.
3: All Jerry's dealing with is having a girl that he met at his friend Watley's party. She's a two-face in the sense that in different under different lighting conditions, she can go from beautiful to, I don't know, elfish? What would you call <laughs> the lighting should, that they do to her? She just...
1: It's so funny because the actress is obviously beautiful and it would be hard to make her ugly. So they make her like turn her head and she does this thing with her lips. She like pucks her lips out. (laughs) And I'm like, she's obviously making a face, but she's still cute. I'm like, there's no way. They should have done it where like one day she shows up and she looks beautiful. And the next day she looks like haggard, like a different day, not different lighting. That's insane. Like the fact that Kramer can't even recognize her and it's just the worst (laughs) friend and worst wingman ever. <laughs> it's like he's a Tom Kelly. Yeah, that's not you. I met his girlfriend. She's a foot shorter, or foot tall. You're a foot taller. It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> like they're just trying to sell the bit. But anyway, they did
3: do that on the Man Hand, epi- Man Hands episode. I don't know if you guys have ever saw on that one. Jerry was dating a girl with uh, he called Man Hands, and they would show her, and then when it cut to her, like. <laughs>
1: And speaking of the other episode we did, Jerry's storyline is that he's giving the girl's belly a voice, and she's like, "Stop doing that, or I'm breaking up with you." And he refuses to get rid of the voice. Jerry, like sucks. he's such a dude. Yeah, he sucks. I
3: love that one. <laughs> yeah. But even that one, that's like, didn't don't you have something with, or have you had something with a significant other? Where it's something that you do and it kind of annoys the other person a little bit. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this just a little bit. It's like a silly little joke.
1: Oh, my God. Do you want to hear mine? This is, he yeah. hated this. So my ex, every time he yawned, I stick my fingers in his mouth. Ah. <laughs> he hated it. He would get actually mad at me. I, he would just yawn and I'd be like, "You Like, and I wouldn't actually like touch anything. I would just like, when he yawned, I'd be like, like in his mouth and he fucking hated it
0: that is fucking foul I would bite your fingers off (laughs) it was really bad he did not like it no I don't think anyone would
1: like that I did it once and he reacted so viscerally I was like I have to keep doing this I can't not and then it was like my hand would like gravitate to his mouth when he yawned because I was like (laughs) oh I hate that I hate that so if anyone wants to date me I will
0: stick my (laughs) get freaky oh god (laughs) anyways so uh, one thing i want to talk about is um that's like with elaine's story is how upset she is about losing her sub card because she's relatable it's a hundred that's what i was gonna say it's a hundred percent relatable okay like when you get one of those cards and you're almost there on like getting a free sandwich and you lose it It's devastating. You need like 10 stamps to get a free sandwich. Mm.
3: I say it's the same as getting like uh, one of those restaurant gift cards now, and you have like two or $3 left on it. You're not just going to throw it away. You're like, oh, I have to go back to that place and use this last $3 of this. Even if you didn't like Yeah,
0: I'm the worst with that. I'm the worst with keeping gift cards. Like the one time I went I went to Starbucks and I was like, Oh, I have a Starbucks gift card like in my car and I got it. It was like I spent like six bucks and the guy scanned it the card and he was like, There's like seventy seven cents on here and I was like <laughs> That's That's worth it at
1: that point he was like, do
0: you want it back? And I was like, please throw it out because I will go through again in like a month and forget that I gave you that. But I do that all the time. Like, I'm like, oh, there's $2 left on here. So like, I have to keep it. And then I'll forget and be like, oh, this definitely has 50 bucks. (laughs) Like, let's
3: rage. And do you guys remember those? I remember those little Subway gift cards where you'd have the stamps. It's a stamp for every six inches. No. This is, I was very young. This is when they used to cut the top of the sandwich in a V. And I've talked about this on the Adam Sandler Please Stop podcast.
1: Wait, explain? They cut it in a V?
3: Ooh, for those of you who don't know, welcome to the history of Subway sandwiches. (laughs) When you used to go to Subway, they used to have all the the little meats and everything already kind of laid out specifically for each six-inch where they'd remove this bit of wax paper and then put all the meat down and then remove the top of the wax paper. And for some reason, that worked best If they cut this like Mariana Trench deep V into the top of the sandwich, and then they would remove that little V cut, and then they would put everything so it kind of be sticking out like from the sides, and then at the very end, they would put that little v back anyway
1: what
0: really
3: this is when subway was like brown and yellow was their colors
0: we have subways but i don't think i've ever eaten at subway i went to subway at penn state a
1: few times only because they didn't have wawas or any of that stuff so i would go and it it honestly was such a letdown every single time i went <laughs> it's unbelievable are you a fan of subway no okay I
3: stopped <laughs> eating at subway as soon as i had enough money to stop eating at Subway. Yeah. So had $5 footlongs that were really good, you know. And then eventually you're just like, oh, yeah, this, this tastes like garbage. Mm-hmm. And uh, you start going to other places. Also, once, once you move to a big city and you can find way better places to eat, you, you start picking those places up. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I The only time I've ever eaten Subway are like on sad road trips home where it's like you stopped at a a rest stop that only has a subway and you're like well fuck and it's like oh, it's 2 a.m and it's everything there is just hours and hours old it's,
0: it's yeah rest stops suck give me like a chick-fil-a you know a, in a rest stop i don't want <laughs> these like s- these 90 cents sticky buns and subways like the one time i left penn state and i was so hungover and i feel like everyone got subway and i got a pepperoni pizza Lunchable because I was like, absolutely not. Ooh,
1: I still eat Lunchables, pizza only. The pepperoni pizza ones are fine. I get the plain, but that's fine. I stay on the pizza Lunchable. Bacon, how about you?
3: Pizza Lunchable I had recently and it didn't taste as good as I remembered it. It might be because I've ruined myself because they do have like Pepperidge Farms adult Lunchables now that have (laughs) way better meats. Once you go to those, you can't go back to the Lunchable.
1: Yeah. I've, I've seen memes hurt. recently where where people will buy like ten or twenty Lunchables and take all the stuff out and make like charcuterie boards. Again, I'm doing quote unquote, and and it's so funny because they'll do like pizza and the like ham and cheese ones, and <sighs> they'll have like I know, oh my
0: god, the ham. Yeah, it, oh no, stop. Stop. It's not uh, ham. It's rubber. It Just
3: buy charcuterie stuff. Spend money on the good cheese. Exactly. Do you remember
0: when Lunchable went like um like hamburger and hot dog route? No, ew. Does anyone remember no. that they went like hamburger and hot dog route, where they had like either Definitely. like mini hot dogs or like hamburger patties? Ew. And no. I remember being in the nurse's office when I was younger, getting picked up because I was sick, and there was a girl in there eating <laughs> a Lunchable cheeseburger, and I was like, yeah, the sickness who is coming at back. Out her, who was I, I? Really don't know. It was like it was elementary school, so there's kids older than us. But I, I'm haunted by the hamburger
3: Lunchable. I'm still haunted by the Capri Sun. Uh, and I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to give us this sharp straw <laughs> and this little flimsy top of the Capri Sun when we were little because I didn't have the dexterity to get the straw th- into the goddamn bag without going through the back of yeah. the
1: bag. Yeah. Or, God forbid, it's just like the straw gets unpointy and then you can't get it in anymore. I hate that. Uh, Half the time, refreshing. I couldn't even get the straw out of the plastic. So. <laughs> God, we have airing of grievances. Yeah. I can't talk about a Seinfeld fun episode without just like claiming my love for Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, I said this on the last one, but I don't fucking care. She is perfect. She's perfection. I don't think I love anyone like I love her and I forget about it. it's weird. Like I forget about it because Veep was one of my favorite shows ever. I watched it while it aired and I've completely forgot about it until the election And Julia Louis-Dreyfus was posting, posted something like um, Madam Vice President is no longer a fictional character, which is like, hype me the fuck up. And I was like, I should rewatch Veep. It's insanely amazing. Bacon, do you watch Veep?
3: Yes. fantastic. I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I think she's my favorite character on the show, which is really difficult to pick, but also funny because, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but in the pilot, she's not there because the show was originally basically focused on these two dudes of Jerry and George and with Kramer being the, the next door neighbor. So whenever when the bigwigs saw it they're like you need a female character so she was kind of just manufactured to put in the show and she became one of the best parts of the show i love anytime her and putty are together i love their dynamic do you guys even know who putty is putty's uh this guy the guy who does Kronk and emperor's new groove
1: is he also from family guy so you do Joe from Family yeah, Guy. Yeah,
3: the guy in the wheelchair.
1: Yes, yes, we saw him in the last episode we did too, early season
3: nine. Yes. So anytime they do stuff together, I'm I'm a huge fan. Sometimes randomly, the show gets really cartoonish. That's why Festivus fits so well into here I feel like because Festivus is such a cartoonish dumb idea that is real but it fits into this universe perfectly especially with George's parents throughout the entire series they're insane
1: there was a lot of wild parts where I feel like Jerry was breaking almost about to break every part (laughs) when George's dad goes on that you couldn't uh, smooth a silk if you brought in a hot bait whatever and then he's like I lost my train of thought I thought there and then when he goes and chases his girl girl of the episode out and is like like, yeah, like bad lighting on the porch or whatever and runs back in. And then uh, again, when they were in the coffee shop with George, when when he was doing that little waddle out, I was like, Jerry's feels like, I think he's gonna, does he do that a lot during the series, like almost break? Yes. Mm.
3: Jerry's by far the worst actor out of everybody. Everybody else is like a trained actor. And then there's Jerry Seinfeld, who's a stand-up comedian, which kind of gives it a little bit of more endearingness to mm-hmm, it, yeah. I feel like. And he got better as the season went seasons went on. But he breaks a lot, or you could tell when he's about to break. His acting's kind of stilted. I do remember, I think I heard that anytime they had to shoot something with Jerry Stiller, I think his name is. That's Mm -hmm. Ben Stiller's dad, who Mm -hmm. plays uh, George's dad apparently it was just almost impossible to get through any take with him because his delivery was so weird and odd and sometimes he would be searching for his lines and then it would just all come bursting out and that seems to be that's what we get we get the best of Jerry Stiller in this episode yeah. especially when he's like I lost my train of thought
1: <laughs> yeah that was insane I was like hanging off of his every word when he was insulting this guy and I and I was like <laughs> What? <laughs> like that seemed that seemed improvised. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know.
3: The the airing of grievances is the my favorite part of this episode or a festivus. And it's funny that you guys talked about road trips because this became part of my festivus tradition every year because I lived in Chicago and I would take the Amtrak from downtown to Chicago to downtown Milwaukee. To get picked up by my parents because they live in wisconsin to go visit them for the holidays and it always seemed to kind of work out on because festivus is december 23rd and uh that's like two days away from christmas so that would always be when i'd be on the train <laughs> and when you're on the train you got a lot of time on your hands so i'd just be on like facebook and i would just air my grievances on <laughs> facebook i go onto people's pages And I'd treat it like a light roast of like, if you're my friend and something happened this year between us, or if I was jealous of something that you accomplished (laughs) or just really anything that came to mind, I would write like a post on their wall. And I would do that for basically the whole train ride, 45 minutes to an hour (laughs) of just airing of grievances. And it was one of my, one of the best things that I loved doing. But then around like 2016, 2015, somebody got like upset, didn't understand airing of grievances, thought I was being serious, uh, and they didn't like it and I had to apologize, and then I'm just like, well, I guess this is just kinda over.
1: Yeah, (laughs) And it wasn't, yeah, and then
3: just a few years later, I deleted Facebook. Any other grievances that we should be airing right now? I have a question
1: about your grievances. Yeah. Was this something that you were thinking of all year and clocking them for the 23rd, or on the day? You were like, what's still bothering me, and what am I thinking about?
3: It would just be on the day, in the moment, like writing stuff down. (laughs) I
1: was hoping that this was the case. I
3: just like Festivus. I'm not a I'm an atheist. I'm an only child and now I'm a grown man. So Christmas kind of has lost a lot of its muster, especially when you're little. And then it's just, you know, when I grew up, I didn't have the best Christmases for the early parts of my life until later on. But even then, just being an only child and opening up gifts goes really quick. Mm -hmm. And you kind of learn that Christmas loses a little bit of its its flair. So as an adult, I don't really have that much of an emotional attachment to it. I actually have more emotional attachment to Festivus and the airing of grievances because it's like, oh, it's this anti-Christmas thing about stop <laughs> buying garbage, tell people what's been bothering you, and then you do your own personalized thing. Like in this episode, they have the the poll, obviously, but in real life, in the real life Festivus from the writer of this, Dan O'Keefe, they took a clock, his dad took a clock and put it in a bag and then nailed the bag to a wall.
1: I did read that the writer was taking this from his own life and that's insane. What is that even? Why?
3: He doesn't know it. It means Uh, his dad, he would, his dad would do it and his dad would tell him that's not for you to know. something like that
1: that's so bizarre I love that sense of humor it's so good
3: if I have children I'm 100% (laughs) doing all of this I am nailing I'm doing my own thing I'm not putting up the pole I'm not nailing a bag with a clock in it I'm gonna do something else that they won't understand yeah and we'll do the airing of grievances and then we'll wrestle it's gonna be great
1: I like the idea of it we are Christmas all three of us here on my favorite episode are hoes for Christmas but I like the idea of Festivus being a prelude to Christmas and then and then getting to do Christmas as well. So I love the yeah. idea of it all about it. Like I, you got to be able to take it. Whoever got mad has thin skin.
3: Facebook used to be a way to check up and see what your friends were doing. And now it's just a way for people to share their I- articles that agree with their idealism Ugh, or brutal. just to go into an echo chamber. I already have my uh, opinions. I surround myself with friends who have opinions already. I don't need this online place totally. that has that. That's what Instagram's for for me. And then even then, I'll unfollow people who start posting photos of text blocks. I'm like, that's not what I want. I want to see photos of you and your family or your girlfriends or your girlfriends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We were just letting you
3: keep going. (laughs) I just want to see you and all your girlfriends. Show me all those bitches. I'll like real late at night. I'm going to DM you and ask, hey, what's your girlfriend's username on Instagram? So if anybody's listening to this episode, I'm
2: uh, one of my bacon's bits. What am I? Send me your girlfriend's Instagram. The one thing that this episode lacks for me is that the best part about when we hang out with George's family ever in the show is the shrill screaming of his mom's voice, which I think we only get <laughs> the one clip on the audio tape where she's like, stop, you killing him. But like, <laughs> she's the best on the show for me. She yeah. says,
1: dinner's ready. Is that and then she says, I think you could take them, Georgie. <laughs> Georgie.
3: I love her, though. And uh, the I always remember the line, uh, don't give away our water pick. She yells at that's when George is
2: doing a sales competition between another guy. You guys don't know what I'm talking about.
3: Yeah,
0: but it's OK. I
2: know she has like a famous line in the episode where she catches George masturbating and she's yes. like in the hospital and she's just like and then i just walk in and you're punishing yourself in the middle of the living room to my son
3: treating his body like an amusement park
1: <laughs> <laughs> before we i don't i need to ask this what is brian cranston's role in seinfeld because he's in it for exactly two twice and for one Five seconds
3: each. He's a dentist that Jerry would go to, and uh, his big plot point was that he was Catholic, but he was converting to Judaism. And uh, because he was in the middle of converting, he would uh, make uh, Jewish jokes with Jerry. And Jerry's like, I don't know if you could do that. And they got into a little argument, and uh, he called him an anti-dentite. So there's this whole thing about Jerry being against dentists in the episode and then also just goes on to being like, I think he's just switching over to to being Jewish for the jokes.
1: (laughs) That's actually a pretty good impression of Jerry, the way he said that. I don't even know.
2: (laughs) Bacon, are you familiar with the concept of micro impressions? I guess, yeah. Like the concept that you can like do a really good impression as long as it's like only two words. Mm. Yes. That
1: makes so much sense. And words that yeah. they say specifically, so you can
2: repeat. Like them. all of us doing Moira,
1: like bebe, bebe, yeah. But right. like if we
2: had to say a full sentence, we couldn't do it,
1: right? Or even <laughs> yeah. make up a sentence. There's this game called Impressions, and we would play it down the beach drunk, and I couldn't do any of them. It would be like like a British accent, and I- that's an easy one. But just different one, It'd be like do a Brooklyn accent. And I'd be like. Yo <laughs> like, I don't know, and everyone's trying to guess what impression you're doing. I'm like, I don't I don't know anything. I don't know yeah. any words. It's crazy. I'm
0: not good at that stuff
2: either,
3: so it's fine. I would like to hear your British impression though. British? i don't know
1: i'm watching the crown right now so it's different i feel <laughs> like i there's like different ones i would do but no but i'm watching carnival row and he he goes right what's all this then i love when british yeah, people like what say that like
3: Roy, right 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 when they do that when uh-huh. they're thinking they're Facebook telling you like no <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm terrible but at least you would be able to understand what i'm trying to say yeah. Absolutely. But the other ones are just like, they'd be like, do Brooklyn, do Boston, and they all sound exactly the same.
3: I would like to hear your Brooklyn and then your Boston.
1: Mm. <laughs> Yo!
3: <laughs> Tough guy. Get out of yay, Welcome to Brooklyn. Yes. I'm walking here. Like that. Yo,
1: Copernicus. You're talking normal.
3: <laughs> yeah, stupid. That's
1: good. <laughs> A Boston accent is insane. I've I hate this, but I've the guy from Barstool like moved to Philly, and I fucking hate Barstool. But I've been watching, be, I watch it for the pizza because I'm like, what pizza should I, I be eating around here? Yeah. So he moved in our area, so he's been going around Delco where we live and trying all these pizza places, and I'm watching, and I'm like. Fascinated by his accent, it's so Boston, and I'm like, my jaw drops because so I'm just like listening to like the spit in his mouth and like the way he talks and like his jaw, and I'm like, whoa, I cool. love him. I yeah. can't believe you, you hate would, him. you would love him.
0: I love him. I think
1: it's he's a great. really
3: kind of just kind of loose way to talk. Yeah, like yeah, like you- a sweet, smack. like yeah, over it is <laughs> over it the is They say oh, I don't know. God. I moved to Boston a year ago and. It's so many people have that accent and they're like not that many people do and I'm like everybody has a goddamn accent, especially at the deli You go to the deli counter and they call you sweetheart or chief it's really weird
1: i like chief i don't like
3: it when an older man calls me chief
1: yo chief it's like what
3: do you want chief I'm like jesus all right fuck you too i don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think i might have told this story on the podcast before but my friend at work he's he's like a little bit older than me and i like forced my friendship on him and i would say and i was like do you have any nicknames and he said well my dad used to call me chief but i don't like it and i said why he's like well i used to love it as a kid he would call me chief and i'd be like hey my dad like has this nickname for me and then we went out and his dad was calling everybody chief and it like made him like depressed (laughs) so i strictly only called him chief from that i was like i don't care that this is like scarring you but <laughs> before we move on I have another question that, I had two questions Brian Cranston And also Dr. Van no, 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 Nostrand?
3: Nostrand Nostrand Dr. Van Nostrand
1: When he's like Yes, yes I, I need to know The background of that Because obviously it's a, it's a bit I'm not understanding Because I don't watch Seinfeld
3: Dr. Van Nostrand Is one of uh, The characters That uh, Kramer does I forgot Specifically He's dealing with Watley That's George's boss And In an episode previously, uh, I think in this season, Kramer and his boss met. So his boss thinks that Kramer is Dr. Van Ostren. So literally, they probably did this episode and they're like, oh, won't the boss think that he's Dr. Van Ostren? And he's like, oh, we'll just have this throwaway line where he just turns to him and he says it. And you could see the panic in Kramer's face. And then he kind of jitters out of it.
1: He even changes the way he talks trying to be more, like, doctorly. I loved it. I I caught it, even though I... Yes, that's perfect. (laughs) Kramer does a noise that I tried to fanatically spell, and then I ended up erasing it when he's like, this party is a little... Or something crazy at the end where I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah,
3: he does all those little, like... He does all these little... Little... Out there. (laughs) Yeah. Really great.
1: I love that about him. He seems kind-hearted. Him, him, and Elaine are my two favorites. The other two, yeah.
3: Don't look up anything on YouTube with him. Uh, oh. He had an incident.
1: Yeah, we d- we do know that. I think I forgot about that. I think we
0: talked about that on the last one, didn't we?
1: We did. Also, there's like the Seinfeld curse. Yes, no one could do anything good after. Besides Elaine, who or Joy Louis-Dreyfus, who had killer shows after. <clears throat> Even New Adventures of Old Christine. I was
3: yeah. And George was in Pretty Woman before this, and George did some like stage plays and stuff like that. And Jerry did his stand-up. But, yeah, yeah. Michael Richards was probably probably had the hardest time after it, I'd say.
1: Mm. Bacon, do you have any other lasting impressions from this episode you want to get across or any more grievances you would like to get across?
3: Oh, man, so many grievances. <laughs> my cat mostly will just sit on my keyboard during the day. I get up to, like, I'll be working. I get up to go to the bathroom. I come back. She, and now she's at the point where she won't get off. She hissed at me today, which she never does. So that's that's an airing of grievance. If you could hear me, Mayor McCheese, I'm airing of grievances right now. Probably <laughs> sleeping some. No, that's really it. I mean, it was really nice to revisit Seinfeld again. It kind of made me want to rewatch it. I know probably there's a lot of, if there's any Seinfeld fans listening, this this is an episode that's been covered a billion times over by a, a bunch of other people. I think we are at the point now where if you haven't seen Seinfeld getting into it might be difficult and I don't know if looking at it with different eyes I don't know how people would like it if they didn't see it before but personally it has this Seinfeld has this place in my heart it has such a important impact on my comedy from when I watched it and I'm like oh this is the sitcom that I want to watch because I'd watch I never got into Full House I never got into like Home Improvement I never super got into a lot of those sitcoms, and Seinfeld was the first one where I'm like, "Oh, I'm in." Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting how those sitcoms you watch and the TV you watch kind of does shape your humor. I've never really thought about that. I'm not sure what mine would be growing up, although I did love Home Improvement. Tim Allen is my big old crush. i <laughs> got a big old dad crush on him.
3: Really? Yeah. Well, don't look thing on on Tim Allen then if, if you have a crush on.
1: Wait, is are you joking or is there something I should be worried about?
3: Well, there's I have one his... thing Tim Allen did. He transported drugs across state lines and got arrested for it like way back in the 70s.
1: I literally have that mugshot on my wall in my, in my bedroom. <laughs> it's because someone brought that up on this podcast and I immediately, while recording, looked it up and saw it and ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got it, and I was like, I forgot I ordered this. It was mid-podcast, and I love it. It's on my wall. And
3: I won't say anything else about Tim Allen. Enjoy Tim Allen. He's great at the Toy Story movies.
1: He's great in the Santa Claus. Oh,
3: Santa Claus 1.
1: Santa Claus 1. Yeah. 2 and 3 can beat it, but 1, that's classic. <laughs> that is classic. Kenny hates the Santa Claus. Oh,
0: my God. God, it's so good. He hates it. I and hate- him in
1: that fucking. Oh my God, he's hot. I love him. <laughs> it's it's he's Charlie. Hot?
0: It's Charlie what for Kenny. Happening?
1: He's so hot. I love him.
0: <laughs> he just doesn't fuck with Charlie.
1: Charlie's so cute.
2: He just thinks God. Charlie His little is jeans and his little worst. sneakers
1: and a big puffy jacket. Anyway. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on yes, and was, joining us again. We didn't say this was part of our like Christmas December. Woo!
3: Yay! I am going to be excited that we won't have to celebrate New Year's really because that's my least favorite. That I one agree. Has
0: uh, yeah, I
1: agree most too.
3: Pressure. If you're single, you have to like be by somebody to kiss for some stupid reason. You <laughs> you your friends always want to go like rent a cabin somewhere, or if you're in the city, I remember like you had to pay like an absorbent amount of money to get into some crowded bar.
0: For well drinks. Oh, it's the worst. Trying to think about what you're doing on New Year's Eve is the absolute worst. Last year, we got four ribeye steaks and another couple came over and we made we just like had like a fuck ton of food and went to bed by like one and it was glorious I'm like and we were all in like sweats it was like Mm -hmm. it was great I I'm at the point now where I'm like let's just go to bed yeah wake up and it's 2021 who cares yeah I've (laughs)
1: pretty much taken New Year's Eve off the board like I'm like I'm not doing anything and if we decide to hang out and that's fine but I, I, I I've taken the pressure off the fucking board because I hate New Year's Eve. Because yeah. then, you, no, there's, honestly, I will, I will put my life on this. There's not a more depressing day than the first of January. Like, I'm like, fuck this. Everyone's like, you get to go to work the next day if, depending on which day of the week it is. That's the worst day if you, if you did the night before and you like got fucked
0: up and you're hung over as balls. Yeah, this year is actually good. It just sucks given the circumstances because the way that the holidays land, I think that It's on a Friday right so then you had the weekend
1: to yeah so that's kind of mm-hmm.
0: nice but yeah i'm just don't call
1: or text <laughs> more grievances baby
3: airing of grievances. yeah
1: fuck all the holidays oh, <laughs> no but thank you for coming on always a pleasure bacon love coming on you, you are great for having me i'm sure we'll have you again if, if you will yeah next
3: time i'll pick something that uh,
1: I I enjoy Seinfeld and I
0: enjoy talking to you so good choice I enjoy talking to you too but I will not lie to you and tell you I enjoy Seinfeld because I don't
3: (laughs) well maybe I'll pick a Tim Allen so you (gasps) can okay
0: that's only one of us just throwing that out there
1: (laughs) yay Tim Allen isn't a sex symbol (laughs) goodness gracious (laughs) Sexy. please
0: pick Toy Story he's fabulous
1: anyway thanks Thanks, Bacon. Bacon you rock